Welcome back to a brand new edition of Jory Sports Stories. As always, I'm your host, Jory, and this is part two to last week's episode. And this week, we are going to turn our attention back to the NFL because, of course, we got shenanigans going on. Training camp, we're in the midst of training camp. We've gotten people unhappy. We've had things with bad behavior and injuries going on. And then we're going to play catch up in the WNBA. Plus, on an impromptu edition of Jory's timeout session, I feel like there's some fires that need to be lit. So, without further ado, without much more discussion, tune in, turn your volume up, get your popcorn ready, and let's get it. And the first thing we're going to start off in is the NFL. And we're going to talk about old Jim Ursay, who's back at it again. And then we have some other things to talk about, like the coaching cattiness. We're going to do some Titans talk this week and more. This is a segment that I don't think you're going to want to miss. So you might want to go ahead and just get ready for it. All right. So, we're going to start off in Indianapolis. One, what is going on? Because the Colts and Jonathan Taylor are embroiled in a very hot mess. Well, let's just go ahead and break this down for what I know. In the wake of the recent running back discontent in Zoom meetings, and I found out that Derrick Henry was the one that started this whole running back Zoom meeting and calls and It's really funny how he's the one that started, and he's arguably the one exception to what everybody else is saying. (laughs) That's kind of ironic. But in light of that, Jim Ursay decides to use his Twitter fingers for the wrong reason again. This whole, like, this what kills me is, like, this whole situation could have been avoided. Jim Ursay did not have to press send. He did not have to type all of that out. He did not have to go into the media and spew out that foolishness. He didn't have to even let us know. They didn't have to let us know that they never even had an offer extension available for Jonathan Taylor right now. So all of this could have been easily avoided. So what did he tweet? What was the tweet? And I'm going to read it verbatim. NFL running back situation, dash. We negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and how years of effort effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Which which I get it is not necessarily incorrect, correct? It's not. But you have your own running back who's not happy with his situation right now and you that's the best thing that you could come up to say you might as well just go ahead and put lit a powder keg on fire and just say to heck with it like why would you say that in the midst of jonathan taylor wanting a contract extension that's stupid and then you know Jonathan Taylor's agent kind of voiced some frustration via Twitter. And then Ursay tried to backpedal. And then he spit that if I'm dead tomorrow and Jonathan Taylor's out the league, the league goes on and da-da-da-da-da. Like, how much of a 
butt do you need to be? Because not only are you painting this whole situation in a horrible situation, this is a horrible situation, and he's painting it in an even a worse light by opening his mouth. But do you ever think that you will ever build a championship team if you can't attract anybody to come to your team? For right now. Because ain't nobody want to come deal with Ursay. And they know this is how he treat people. Like why would. In the midst of all of this discontent. And unhappiness going on. Why would you pour gas on the flame? Like that's just. Is he drunk? Is he high? Because. Now we have this big old confrontational hustle buffle thing going on where both sides are posturing. Posturing. They're trying to flex on the other one to see who has more leverage. It's going to be bad for both sides. Like, okay, here's some additional information. Like, he requested a trade a few days ago in which the coach promptly said no. And now there's this phantom back injury that we all of a sudden heard about. And he may end up on the non-football injury list, which negates his salary for this season. Now, how low is Jim Ursay really, really willing to take this? Because I bet you if they do some crap like this, the, C- the, the NFLPA is going to get involved because that means they're finding ways to not give Jonathan Taylor his money. And that I have a problem with. And this is what I'm going back to my last point. If we all see this, any type of player that you're going to want to bring into that locker room, they're seeing how you do Jonathan Taylor. So you can't sit here and say this lies about we treat our players good here. Andrew Luck would like to have a word with you. Because y'all turn that man each and every way but loose. And you're doing it with this one. And Jonathan Taylor is arguably the Colts offense. You have a rookie quarterback. That man probably barely has hair on his chest. You have a rookie quarterback. And you don't think you're going to need your bell cow back that can catch back, that can catch passes out the backfield to go with it? Now, granted, the offensive line is kind of, but this is a thing with Indianapolis. They haven't been paying in offensive players for the past few seasons and they probably won't for the next season or two and this is what's gonna really blow this team up they don't know i chris ballard knows what he's doing he's bought in some pieces ursay is making this ten thousand times harder than what it should be because of him who he is as a person I mean, I'm just over here tripping that he's lying, talking about he he take care of his players. That's the third Colts player to want out in nine months. Who are you taking care of? Yourself? Because you're not taking care of your players. You've had three requests to trade or try to get traded or want out in within nine months. Three. Is is astronomically well not well yeah that's the right word this is an astronomically stupid thing to put yourself through and Jim Mercer did this to himself like I said a few minutes ago he didn't have to press in 
if he didn't press in, if he didn't press that button, do we know about this much content intention going on in Indianapolis? Granted, we might have find out found out eventually because of what happened with Saquon, and I'm gonna get on him in just a second. Um, intentions going on in Indy, we wouldn't have known this that early. But sure, we would have found out eventually. But we wouldn't have. It wouldn't have got this ugly this quick. Is what I'm trying to say. It wouldn't have reared its ugly head this quick. Without any of those tweets, without any of those interviews, this was completely preventable on Jim Ursay's and the Colts' behalf. I mean. We treat our or we treat our players well. An older Peyton Manning, didn't they backdoor Peyton Manning? You treat you got Andrew Luck hurt and beat all the hell, and then treated him like dog crap as he cried out the door. And now you don't want to pay this man the money, and you're setting your rookie quarterback up for failure because he's not going to have one of the best running backs in the league behind him. If this goes to fruition, as to plan, if this goes completely left. So, I don't know at what point does Jim Ursay really figure that being an ass really ends up messing you up in the end. Like, we could play hardball and do things the way that we want to do and just be, treat people how we want to treat people. But when it comes back to bite you in the butt and there's nobody that wants to play for the Colts and there's nobody and it's not an attractive destination as it is, and then... You're going to have a hard time building that team around your rookie quarterback who you need. You see how this type of thing kind of snowballs? All because of you acting like you know how to treat people and you treat people the exact opposite of how you think you treat people. That's number one. That's delusion. You think you treat people well. Y'all have been treating people like crap. Since 2007. Stop lying to yourselves. Like, this is such stupidity that did not have to happen that it's just, I keep saying how stupid it is because I'm flabbergasted. All you had to do was shut up and none of this would happen. You have a rookie quarterback, and you decide to tick off your your running back. Your O-line is still iffy. Your defense is also on the fence, but still slightly above average stuff. That, Anthony Richardson is not walking into the ideal situation. Rookie, poor O-line, on and off again weapons, and you're potentially making it worse if you don't have your best player on your team there and happy. Because if this is the path that Jim Ursay wants to take the Colts down, it could somehow get way worse before it gets any better. And I pray to God. And the more I think about this whole, I treat my players well. Mr. Ursay, you promised Matthew, you promised Matt Ryan the world. It was supposed to be a match made in heaven. It was a match made in hell. Because you said you had an O-line. You said you had the receivers. You said you had the defense. And 
Did any of that show up last last year? Maybe the defense, the O-line, sure as hell did not. Matt Ryan wanted to stay upright, lad, for the most, lad, well, let me rephrase that. Matt Ryan wanted to stay upright. That's why he went to Indianapolis, and you failed him. You treat your players well. No, you don't. You do rinky-dink, tic-tac stuff and shady stuff and act like a fool, and then don't nobody want to deal with you, and then you wonder, you out here looking stupid when your team is a bad team because you can't attract quality people. Quality free agents. You have to go through the draft to get your talent. Because Indy is definitely not at the top of people's destinations. And Indianapolis is a nice city. They need to stop doing construction. They've been doing the construction up there there for all my life. Oh, my Lord. But that's neither here nor there. The one person in this whole situation that I truly do feel bad for... Happens to be Chris Ballard, though. Chris Ballard is a very good GM. He's just being handicapped by an idiot of an owner who happens to be off the bottle. But that's neither here nor there. Now, Mr. Saquon Barkley. Now he signed a one year a one year eleven million dollar deal that included a twelve two million dollar signing bonus. Now wait a minute, cause something ain't right. We did. I'm I'm about to break it down, and the way I break things down is gonna it just helps me to make sense. We did all of this to take a deal that's barely better than the franchise tag that he refused to sign. It's giving sellout. He folded like a lawn chair. Especially since he refused a long-term deal that was only $2 million short of what he was asking. So he folded and made himself look goofy. More power to you, Saquon. You look stupid because you... Just turned down a $22 million deal for $11 million to turn around and sign for half that. Even though this is the textbook, this is a textbook definition of hustling backwards. Now, if there is any clause that they can't, if now if there's, if you're trying to good man it and do it in good faith, that they're not going to tag you next year, you got another thing coming. If they can't get, and if you don't think that if they can't get a deal done, They're not going to tag you again. They will. They will. Hold out this. Hold out that. Saquon ain't hold nothing out but a pen to put that paper on to. Less money than what he's worth, and that's unfortunate because he had an offer on the table. And then they took it, and then he wanted it, then they, they didn't give it back. And now we are where we are. Like if you're turning down money, like that twenty-two, I bet he wished. I bet he would have wished he kept that twenty-two million dollar deal on the table. I bet he would have wished he he didn't turn that down. Cause he made himself look dumb. And they had just got off the phone about that whole thing, and then he was like, "Nah, I can't hold out. I can't do none of that. I'm gonna be there, show up for his team. More power to you." Kudos to Saquon Barkley for showing up for his team. Kudos. You want a cookie? 
The Giants are not that good. But I'm glad you wanted to show up. Do you want a cookie? Because you just cost yourself about 12, 12 $13 million by being stupid. You can't get that type of offer back. I mean, let me... You cannot get that type of offer back. Like, come on. And it's unfortunate how he folded. Because in a way, you can say that how him fold, him folding like this and giving up, it paved the way. It made a trickle-down effect to that cluster of a mess that is a train wreck ready to happen in Indianapolis. That's a whole train wreck of dysfunction. Just one cord, one thread being pulled out at a time. And when it all collapsed, it'll be due time. But that is a direct trickle-down effect from this foolishness. If you're going to play hardball, you better be ready to play all the way. All the way. Because if you don't do it, you make yourself look dumb in the end. And I'm so sorry. Saquon, in my eyes, made himself look like a goofy. Now, before... Now we got to talk about the, the coaching cattiness. I can't believe I actually have to talk about caddy coaches. All right. So, Sean Payton went on the record and said that Nathaniel Hackett probably did one of the worst jobs in history and also said that last year wasn't entirely Russell Wilson's fault. And then he went in on the quote and said what needed to be, that they couldn't get the ball out and how how much last year was really a mess and what he really... What put the icing on the cake was this quote right here. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the in, in the history of the NFL. And he's been catching hell ever since. Excuse me. <clears throat> he's been catching hell ever since. Now, my thing is, did he lie? No. He didn't lie. He broke down. What went wrong with Denver last year? But was it the most professional and polite thing to say publicly? That's debatable. No, it's not really debatable. It was inappropriate. And it was uncalled for. It's very, in, especially, I'm sorry, in the spirit of things. And that last part was especially nasty. And I was unnecessarily nasty to say. And Aaron Rodgers and everybody on the Jets who's defending Hackett is right to do so. Because it was random, out of line, came out of nowhere. So no dip that people are being defensive. And if we're talking about the code of professionalism, he did break it. He did break the code of professionalism, but it wasn't necessarily a lie. And the way that I look at that whole situation is that he was probably trying to pump up his team. Like, last year's hot mess is not happening this year. We're eliminating all favoritism. We're doing this as a team. We're trying to, he's trying to get his team motivated. That's what I think he was trying to do. He just, 
How old is Sean Payton? He's like 60. So the older people get, the more blunt they get. So I don't think there was any type of way he probably could have sugarcoated that and not make him sound like a butthole. But to do that on camera, that's something you leave in the locker room. To go on the record and say that. It's take a special type of bullheaded person to do that. And I'm not upset with the Jets players and coaches and people saying and Hackett saying that he broke the code. He did break the code. He did break the code of professionalism. And if y'all got like this type of brotherhood or membership or thing, he broke the code. But it wasn't necessarily a lie. And sometimes you just got to address your failures head on and bluntly move forward. Hackett need to do that. The Broncos need to do that. They need to wreck. Both sides need to realize that last year was a cluster of hot messes. And I'm only and I'm using the word cluster because there's a word I want to put at the end of that, but I'm not going to do that. It was a cluster of a disaster. So Sean Payton's in the position that he's trying to take this team to a different to like to more of a different um mindset. Like last year, it ain't this year. It it ain't happening on this end. We're not having all the offices. We're not doing all the parking spots. Everybody grab your, grab your lunch pail, get a pen and paper, get your tablet, let's go. We're in this as a team. So, and Sean Payton is going to be more organized than Nathaniel Hackett. Sean Payton's done this before. He has a Super Bowl win. He has a Super Bowl victory. So, do I necessarily think that Sean Payton was being mean-spirited intentionally no but what was he said mean-spirited and nasty yes and was it out of line yes I don't think he meant it like that he and then he gonna come up with this stupid excuse of talking about his fox cap was still on sir I would have rather had his I would have rather had heard Sean Payton say, I said what I said, and I'm not going to take it back. I would have respected that. I respect when people say, I say what I say, and I'm not taking it back. Ask about me, because I'm queen at doing that. When I say I said what I said in the middle of an argument, you might as well stop arguing with me, because that's arguing with a wall. A brick wall. So... For him to go in that, to go come out and say I had my fox cap on and being cr- cr- critical and whatever, no, you did not have your fox cap on. You were trying to motivate the rest of your team to get their crap together. Let's make a successful team, successful season. You put that out there for your team. I know this for a fact. Now, should you have done it is the bigger question, which is no. Or if you're gonna do that. If you're going to say things like that, make sure there aren't a camera rolling. There isn't a camera rolling. Oh, my Lord. It's like this week. This week we have a. We have like a. Rapport. Record rapport of people getting in trouble because they can't close their mouths. When all else fails, shut up. It's not that hard. (laughs) When all else fails, just keep your mouth closed. 
Especially when you feel like you ain't got nothing else, nothing, nothing nice to say. Right. I get what he was trying to do. He just didn't do it correctly. Period, point blank. Not going to make too much more fuss on that. But we're now we're going to talk a little bit about the injuries and the bad behaviors that's been going on. Especially this damn gambling issue that the NFL got. I don't know what's going going on, but we'll talk about that in just a second. Followed by some top followed by some Titans talk. So, Alvin Kamara is expected is expected as suspension for his foolishness offseason. Tim Patrick tore his Achilles ending his season. Now you really feel bad for that man because he didn't get to play last year because he tore something. I believe it was an Achilles. He's not going to be able to play this year because he tore something. And the big one, Zach Moss, who plays for, drum roll please, the Indianapolis Colts, broke his arm. And what is he? A running back. And now you got a stale and sour, now that you got a stale and sour Jonathan Taylor, his backup is hurt. What are the Colts going to do? They're going to let this man sit there and be unhappy knowing that they don't have plan B? Or are they going to be super petty and go find another running back? Because if they do if they do the unthinkable and do some of the most pettiest crap I've, I'll ever have seen is go find another running back, Jonathan Taylor's definitely coming going out the door next year. I you do that to somebody, they're definitely walking off. You piss somebody off like that, they're definitely going to leave. So, I don't know what's going to go on when it comes to Indianapolis and the running back situation. But it all turns out, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded JT, if they paid JT, or if they let JT walk. I would not be surprised by any of those outcomes. Neither here or there. And here's the big one. Here's the one that really got me started. Broncos defensive lineman Ioma Uazarike could face prison time, two years of prison time, for betting on Broncos and Iowa State games. He placed 32 bets on Broncos players in games last year during the season, and one was a Week 15 game versus Arizona that he himself played in. Ladies and gentlemen, how damn stupid do you have to be to place a bet on a game that you're playing in? What, what, are, what is this gambling thing? How many times do we have to say, sit here and go through this gambling, people getting popped for gambling, for gambling when they're not supposed to? If you're in the NFL, stop ding-dang on gambling. No gambling. Cut cut it out. Y'all don't need extra money. Y'all are millionaires. For crying out loud, if, if anybody that needs the extra money, it's me. Not y'all. Y'all over here gambling and then it's costing yourself millions. You betting pennies and costing yourself millions. How stupid can you be? This is just asinine and it's flabbergasting. This is stupid. This is childish. Like, grow up. You know you can't bet on games that you play in. 
You know you can't bet on NFL games and you play in the NFL. That's common sense. Can we start thinking with the two brain cells that we have? Or are y'all hitting so hard that those brain cells don't work? Like, this is, this is beyond me. Beyond me. And as far as he's concerned, it's not just his career at the line. This man faced two years in the federal pit. In the pen. This man is facing pen time. Like, talking about hustling backwards. You're going to be eating like a king. And then you're going to be in jail eating like what? In prison. Different place. Eating like what? Oh, okay then. Like, how dumb... Like, look here, dum-dum. You had a sizable check coming in. Now, you about to be relying on the government for three hots and a cot. Idiot. All because you couldn't save that little $5, thing, $10 bet, that parlay, that you know that you're not supposed to play because of what you do. Y'all are going to stop treating the NFL like it's just this avenue to get this money. It's a privilege to pay it, to play in the NFL. Do y'all not understand this? This is rules. There's rules to this. There's levels to this. And the more stupid things that you do, the less likely you're going to get a, le- a, a second chance. Now, I already know this man is done. You go to prison, you're done. But it's just crazy to me how these people just, how these kids, younger and old, they do things without using common sense. Why are we betting $15, dollars $200 and you're making millions? Why? Nobody has to answer my question, but just why? Makes no sense. Ugh. Yeah, I know I got got started. And then, now we're going to go to Titans Talk. Now, so we're into... We are into training camp, and one thing that I have seen is improvement in my wide receivers. My Lord, DeAndre Hopkins is helping my wide receiver room just like how I needed him to. My wide receivers are developing better because of him of having somebody like him in my receiver room. You're gonna have to. We're gonna have to watch out for Kyle Phillips. <clears throat> we did end up waving Jacob Copeland, but he just didn't pan out. But um, my wide receiver room looks pretty decent. I love it with DeAndre. Traylon Burks looks good during camp. Kyle Phillips, I really need him to stay healthy. I would like for him to stay healthy. That's a name that you need to watch. Um, as far as Malik Willis is concerned, do I, everybody wants to give up on Malik Willis. I'm not giving up on Malik Willis. I've seen the training camp footage. Malik can play. 
He still has some things he needs to work on, but he's not as pitted, patted, 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 patted. He's not holding the ball for him for too long. He's more aggressive, more assertive. He's not run first. He still has some kinks to work out, but he's getting there. Will Levis, I will admit he does have some potential. I do like what he can bring to my offense. Now, what I'm seeing, I don't know if it's just my damn defense is that good or I don't know if my offensive line is going to give me another headache. Mind you, we're not going to have Nicholas Petit Frere for six games because of gambling. And Jamarco Jones has been struggling out there, minus his fight with Jeffrey. It really wasn't a fight. They just had their hands in each other's face masks and were screaming at each other like football players do. But I like some of the pieces, like Aaron Brewer at center. He's going to be something to watch. I like Andre Dillard. He's going to be something to watch. I like, for the most part, what we have going on. I just need those pieces to gel and to fit together. Makes sense? My defense, though, is legit. My defense is going to be something else. Like, one thing that I am very appreciative to have Rand Carthen as our GM, like when he bought in, like he bought in Arden Key, who is going to be an issue. And Mr. Key is coming from Jacksonville. So he bought in Arden Key, who's a name to watch. He bought in Aziz Alshir, who's another name that he, to watch, one of my linebackers. We're getting Harold Landry back. My defensive line. Now, listen to this. You got the nature of the... Eh. Excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. Now, listen. Listen, 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 listen. You got... Lord. You have Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, Arden Key, and then you have Harold Landry as my mic. What are you going to do with that? Like, this year, we should be better at rushing the passer. Like, Lord, in the way that has been going on in camp, like some of the footage I've seen in camp, they've been getting after it. And my safeties have been playing better. They're more healthy. Everybody's good on the back end. On the back end. But some names to watch, one, Arden Key. He's going to be disruptive. He's going to make you laugh while doing it. Two, Aaron Brewer. Aaron Brewer's natural position is center. Last year, he was playing out of position at right guard, I think. Or was it left guard? One of those. No, he was right guard. So he was out of position last year. He's gained some weight, put on some muscle, and I like what he's been doing. Aziz Alshair, <clears throat> yeah, Aziz Alshair, that man is a dog, and he could play alongside Landry, or when Landry needs some time off, I'm very, that's not going to be much of a drop-off. He's very capable. I like what I'm seeing from him. Kyle Phillips, if he can stay healthy, that boy is cold. 
I need him to stay healthy. And Jamarco Jones, please pan out. I don't have any more any more nerves for poor offensive line play. Expectations and outlook, I don't expect anything at this point. Preseason, that's when we'll get into expectations in about 10 days. So, <clears throat> but my realistic outlook for my team is like, we're going to be competitive. We're not going to be as bad as people say that we are. We're going to win the games that we, people think that we're not going to win. I, it's, That's usually how it goes. So it's like, I take it as a stride. I take it in stride. Now, will I be saying this in three weeks? Probably not. I'll probably be on a rampage. But... That's neither here nor there. I have optimistic. We can compete, if not win the division. I have optimistic, realistic outlooks on my team. And now we're going to head to the WNBA for a brief little catch-up. And there's some things that I need to say about a few teams for whatever reason, that just aren't getting right. And some things that I'm just so sick and tired of seeing when it comes to a certain team as well. So, we're going to play catch-up in the WNBA, and I think you need to tune in for it. Ta-ta. First team in in WNBA I'm going to talk about is the Indiana Fever yet once again. And the bottom line... From what I see is this team is whatever the coach is doing, is it working? And the key phrase is too many times. Because I want you guys to listen to the soliloquy that I've written about the Indiana Fleet Fever. Too many times have we seen the Fever lose winnable games. Too many times have we seen a certain rookie wide open and getting ignored. Too many times... With this team in particular, do we see what happens when we just shoot when shots aren't falling? Too many times have we seen an obvious sign of a disconnect. This team is horrendous, horrible, dog crap, dog garbage, just straight up magical trash at closing games. They aren't that aggressive. They don't like getting the ball to their best player for whatever reason. And sometimes it's like they ignore her. She could be wide open. She can measle her way through the paint. I don't know what's going on, but I really, at this point, I'm what I've been seeing from the fever is I understand what Victoria Vivens can do. I understand what some of those people can do. But y'all have won more games when you have gave it, literally given the ball. When you put the ball in Aaliyah Boston hand, she's the best player on that team. You not. Y'all have won some games that way. You might want to try it some, try it again sometime. They're not that aggressive. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this coaching is, the coach is condoning ignoring your best player or if she's coaching you. I don't know what's going on, but sometimes they look like on the field, on the field, on the court, that they're not together at all. And it don't look cohesive. That coach, I don't think their coach has a slightest bit of a clue on what they're doing. The coach is clueless and this team is an absolute mess. I do like Victoria Vivens. 
Kelsey Mitchell has looked like a liability in some of these games. And that is that, and I'm not going to say anything else. Minnesota Lynx. Bottom line, this team reeks of inconsistency, and I'm not going to talk about them anymore. Key phrase, switch. We can just throw the links in with inconsistent, correct? They don't shoot the ball well for extended periods of time. Rebounding and aggressiveness is selective at best, and it's absolutely terrible because there's times when they look like a team, and if they don't look like a team, they look like absolute trash. Then there are times where they look like a group of standouts. And I don't know if they figured out if they figured out that this is not conducive to consistently winning basketball. And it has been like this since the beginning of the season, which is tragic. Because to me, that's signaling that the coach is blowing nothing but hot air or it's reached a point where it's not resonating for whatever reason. Makes no sense. The Dallas Wings. Bottom line, they're better than their record suggests. And the key word is why. Why you say that? Well, why couldn't this team play like this earlier? The record doesn't give them the attention that they deserve. They can seriously stretch the floor. Ask the Lynx who got that 40-piece nugget dropped on them. Say Tal Sabali is in form. Sabali is in form. Arike... Oh, I'm not even finna try to pronounce it. I'm not. The way I'm talking lately, I'm going to mess around and say a whole bunch of cuss words. So, no. Arike O. I think she should be the team MVP. The team seems to move so much better with her at her best. They can shoot well. They're good at playing smart, tough, physical defense, and they're good off the glass. They'd be in a lot better shape if they had played like this earlier. That's neither here nor there. And the Phoenix Mercury, last but not least, like we'll do a more, I'll take four more teams next week and put them in it. And we'll continue our catch up. But the Phoenix Mercury, bottom line, and I'm not going to be nice about this because hard conversations need to be had. Old, bad, keywords, old. This team needs to go ahead and blow it up. Tarasi needs to retire. She didn't got her 10,000 points. Brittany Griner would probably benefit from a change. So would Skylar Diggins-Smith. They don't do anything well, and it's such a disappointment. They don't shoot well as a team. They don't do much defending. Rebounding, once again, is optional and selective. And the pieces that they have aren't very good. And if we're being completely real here, their core is older and their death is compromised and vulnerable. So not, and I believe that not even the coach's spot should be safe at this point. Six and 19. And the word playoff should not be in anybody else's mind. Y'all need to be thinking about Cancun. Because y'all are, this is horrible. They don't do anything well. It's because they're older. I And I can't stand Sophie Cunningham. And she draws me away from the, from, the, from the Mercury for that reason. Because she's dirty. She's a dirty player. She does things outside of the realm of basketball. 
I've seen that multiple times. So, the Mercury aren't a very good team. They are in the phase before rebuild. I don't know if anybody in their front office, their staff knows that they're probably going to be in a rebuild pretty soon. But it's clear, it's clear to everybody else's eyes. It is clear as heck to me. And now we're going on to our impromptu session of um, Jory's timeout session. So I'm not even going to talk, tell you what I'm talking about in this section. Just tune in. Now, welcome to Joy's Timeout Session. I need all fans of all of all sports to get your chairs, and I want you guys to listen because there is a there is a line between being a fan and doing too much, and. I'm so glad that I'm not an athlete. Well, not so glad. I wish I had the money like an athlete, but I don't have to deal with the way some of y'all act. Because if you're going to yell at me and tell me that you need to spend time with the fans instead of your family, I'm going to slap the crap out of you. I will slap the dog crap out of you because who the heck are you? Like, who the hell are you? To tell me that I need to spend time with you and you not my blood. Y'all, some of y'all done got y'all's draws so far up y'all's behinds that y'all think that y'all are entitled to something that you're really not. Your fans. Your fans. You invest money into this because this is something that you like. This is something that you enjoy. You're a fan. And these are athletes. They're humans too. They have things to do. They have lives. They don't just eat, sleep, breathe, football, basketball, baseball, whatever you're a fan of. They're people. They have families. And they're not required to spend time with you and sign your stuff. I can't stand it when y'all act like that. Y'all start acting all delusional and entitled and feel like y'all can talk to anybody. I wish some of these athletes would slap the crap out of some of y'all. And if y'all, if anybody needs, like if they need a help with a woman, if you need help slapping the crap out of one of them, call me. I'll do it. I got a lot of anger to get out. I got a lot of it. Because the way some of these fans act towards people, and towards others that they're a fan of. It's like you dehumanize these people, right? You kind of forget that they have their own things going on, that they have their own mental things going on. So you're just so entitled, worried about what you got going on, that 
it overshadows how you approach people. I will never ask. Like, if I would be blessed to meet somebody like a Jeffrey Simmons or anything like that, I'm never going to sit there and tell in that man's face and say, you need to spend more time with your fans. I'm not doing that. That man is as big as my damn daddy. I'm not doing that. I'll just look at you like, oh. I mean... If I were to get blessed to meet people like that, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do that. Y'all treat athletes like they're puppets and I don't damn like it. They're not you're not entitled to their time. You're not entitled to their energy. You are a fan. You need to learn that a fan has its place. And quit thinking that you can just tell anybody anything. You need to spend more time with your fans and less with your family. I ought to slap the... Huh? And I had something else I wanted to talk about, but I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot. Oh, oh, oh. Got it. What's going on in ESPN? Why are they firing so many people? Like, I don't get it. They're firing people. They're moving people around. They might be bringing on Shannon Sharp. What's going on with that? If anybody could let me know about that, I please do, because I'm confused. Because I like Mark Jackson. I like everybody, pretty much almost anybody that got fired. Pretty, almost. What are you doing? Disney doing some Disney stuff again, and I don't like it. Yeah. I think that's all, I think. And we've reached the conclusion of this week's episode of Joy's Sports Stories. As always, I'm your host, Joy, and I want to thank you guys for listening and tuning in for this week's edition and if you like what you heard feel free to like comment and subscribe click that notification bell button on youtube um follow the podcast on apple amazon spotify iheart podbine pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts join us next week it's either going to be saturday or wednesday it's probably going to be next wednesday join us next wednesday as we go through the nfc north and the I did the NFC South, I did the NFC East, and the West. Yeah. So join us next week as we go through the NFC North and the AFC East for preseason breakdowns and outlooks. And more. There's not much going on in the, in the NBA, so we'll be starting that next season. But tune in next week for AFC South, AFC East... And NFC North breakdowns and real estate outlooks and more WNBA catch-up. So without further ado, thank you guys for listening today. I'll see you guys next week.